Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in this wonderful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week, we're looking at a loving God and the problem of suffering. And the big question for today, does Satan really exist? Today, our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Happy New Year. It's great to be back. Oh, it is fantastic. This is your first show for the New Year, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I still found my way here. That's good. We're actually going to be expecting big things of you, you realise. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Well, hey. lots happened. You know, I um, my grandson was born. Uh, that was my ninth one on, uh, I've got to get this right, January the 12th. You've got to remember that. Right. That's right. <laughs> and then our wedding anniversary, uh, 49 years, big 50 next year. Wow. So we just celebrated that uh, on the weekend. So I had to make sure I did everything right. Uh, you can, uh, how are you going to celebrate that 50th? Well, what we did was I actually took uh, my wife Erin away for a mystery weekend. She didn't know where we were going. So after church on Sabbath, we went off and we stayed somewhere. It was really, really lovely. Oh, that is uh, that is good. That is good. You make many wives out there very envious, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Hey, now look, 2021 ministerial appointments have just been released for Adventist pastors here in South Australia. What's your role in 2021? Yeah, well, the um, conference here has kept me on in my role that I was in last year, which is working as an Aboriginal Bible worker uh, two days a week. Uh, and so that includes, um, you know, uh, going to, you know, taking them to church on, uh, on Sabbath. We've got two vans and we've actually just both got them, uh, over the holiday period re-signed. They're out there, look lovely, uh, with Aboriginal mm, patterns all over mm. them. So you'll be able to have a look at that later, maybe. But, uh, and, uh, so we have Bible studies, we have outings and uh, we take them to church and uh, we fellowship. It's a wonderful, how many indigenous people do you have as part of your congregation here in Adelaide? Well, I would say counting the children and they come and go, you know, they kind of move yeah, around yeah, yeah, 30 yeah. to 40, I would guess. Uh, but a lot of interests on the, on the side as well, yeah. Oh, fan. Tell me, what's the greatest blessing in working with indigenous people? Well, um, the greatest blessing that I find is, uh, particularly on Bible study time on our, we have one on Wednesdays, is the fact that when you, when you get together and you're studying scripture, they come out with some really unusual, uh, approaches to it, uh, which really make you think and, and often they'll They'll actually interact and take over some of these mm, things, mm. but it's really just studying the Bible with them and and, and watching them un- understanding the Word of God and and what God they they truly have a deep faith. And that's something that deep I faith. can really empathise with because I had the privilege a little while ago to actually go up to uh, to the Fink. Now the Fink, of course, is in uh, Southern Northern Territory, and uh, that's a wonderful spot. And I want to uh, just say a big hello to people ha- who are out in that part of the world. But you know the thing that. Uh, uh, that really jumped out at me is that so many of our indigenous people have got a depth of spirituality that uh, those within the the secular Caucasian world uh, certainly appear to lack. Yes, and I think in, in a lot of those communities too, where they they haven't really got very much of their own possessions. Yeah. So I think uh, in a way that they're not materialistic 
yeah, like we can yeah, be, and yeah. therefore they're not clouded with all the worries of those sort of things. And and I think therefore they they tend to be closer in their in their faith structure than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I believe that's a great deal that uh, certainly our indigenous people can can teach the uh, the secular uh, white Australian uh, church. You know, to me, I think it's very powerful. Tell me, where do you meet here in Adelaide? If there's any folks who are listening who would like to join with you, where do you meet each week? Yes, well, we we sort of come in with the Elizabeth Church down on Peterswell Road uh, in Elizabeth Park there, and uh, right opposite the shopping centre, we meet there right. with the Elizabeth Church, right. and they meet at nine thirty in the morning. Okay, they actually have their church service then, and then they run a Sabbath school after that. It, um, they've changed that because they've sort of uh, have started a new church plant out that way, right, uh, on Peachy Road, and that uh, runs about uh, I think that's about twelve o'clock. So, uh, so they've broken it into two parts. But we meet there nine thirty, Peterswell Road, Elizabeth Seven Day Adventist Church. Fantastic! So if anybody would like to join you, they're most welcome. They're most welcome, and if they want to arrive, well, they can get contact. We've got two vans that will actually pick people up. Okay, so you actually do a run around in van in the vans as well. Yeah, I'm a chauffeur. That's right. Ah, that's lovely. (laughs) That really is fantastic. Uh, Look, let's come to our religious news segment. You know, there's some amazing stuff happening in the in the Christian world at the present time. Uh, This was an article I picked up. It was actually called the from the Christian Post. It was talking about China. China's Communist leaders fear Christian population was what the uh, article started uh, by saying. Uh, China's communist leaders fear Christian population may reach 300 million by 2030. And this is what the article said. The prospect that China's Christian community might reach a staggering 300 million people by 2030 has unnerved communist leaders who fear they will have to share power as the church increases in size and influence, according to Open Doors, Ron Boyd uh, McMillan. We think the evidence as to why the Christian, the Chinese church is so targeted is that the leaders of the nation are scared that the size of the church and the growth of the church and it grows at the rate if it grows at the rate that it has done since 1980 that's a between 7 and 8% a year then you're looking at a group of people who will be 300 million strong. Now, we're in a nation here uh, in China, of course, where the population growth is largely stagnant. That's certainly part of the uh, part of the, the plan for the nation. And yet the church itself, in spite of persecution, continues to grow up between 7 and 8%. Open Doors ranks China at number 17 on its World Watch list of 50 countries where, per- where Christians are most persecuted. And the organisation notes that while the church is enjoying strong growth, life for Christians is anything but straightforward. The policy of of sanitizing the church or merging it with Chinese identity is being implemented across the country as the Chinese uh, Communist Party relies strongly on Chinese cultural identity to stay in power by limiting whatever it perceives as a threat to its control on society. Churches are being monitored and closed down across the country, whether they're underground or part of the three-self patriotic movement, the officially sanctioned Protestant church in China. The government has also imposed a ban on the online sale of Bibles. China also uses high-tech surveillance to oppress and monitor believers, 
Amid the COVID, a pandemic, citizens have been forced to hand over their personal details, allowing government officials to increase their surveillance campaign. Now, of course, to me, there's a number of points we can actually pick up on this, and this is certainly something that's been bubbling on in the background for uh, the last uh, the last little while. But uh, the article uh, talks about uh, the fact that the Chinese church has had a growth of uh, between seven and eight percent in recent years. Eric, do you know of any church in Australia that's got that sort of growth? Well, none that I, I've associated with. Um, no, it it's, um, seems to be quite hard to evangelise. Yeah. But um, yeah. as I read this, you know, you can, as you read it out, it seems to be like there's a real earnestness uh, in their faith, which, in other words, um, draws you together into a closeness and a pouring out to God for help. Whereas this I, this yeah. seems to be the impact, isn't it, of uh, persecution mm. on the church. In fact, it's one of those things that persecutors don't often actually realise because certainly in this country, you know, I mean, our the church that I'm part of, um, I think our growth rate is about uh, about one one and a half percent, and has been for uh, for a number of number of years years now. Uh, but we've got many churches in this country are actually on negative growth rates at, at this particular point in time. But this Chinese church growth rate, at a time when this population is generally stagnant, is continuing to grow up between six and seven percent, and that's in spite of the persecution. You know, to me, as I look at that, Eric, I say, hey, there's something happening here. You know, persecution often has, appears to have the opposite effect on the church to what persecutors actually want. Yes, and I think that when this, like what you're reading out, it was almost like a war that the church is under attack here. And what it does, I think, is it, it purely you concentrate solely on the word of God, where all these other um, things that were caught up with board meetings and all sorts of things that sort of take up time, I think then that you just sort of draw yourself down into the word of God and the words of the Bible become more meaningful because you're going through that persecution. And that for therefore builds your faith and it makes you stronger. Uh, you're right. The persecutors, it's like telling your children not to do something. Though you know yeah, they're going to go and yeah, do it. Yeah. So uh, this is an earnestness drawing of, of the word of God coming real to the people. Yeah, and that's yeah. what makes it more powerful. And 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 therefore they're only concentrating on the word of God, not all the trivial other little things around it. it it's true. In mm. Certainly in religion in the West here, there is so much else that actually takes up our attention. You sort of get the, you know, the huge media culture that we've, that we've actually got. When you're actually being persecuted for your, your faith, you start to ask the question, hey, what is really essential here? Mm. And uh, you major, and time with, uh, uh, with fellow believers is something that is greatly treasured. What happens, uh, you, I think, is you get stripped stripped back to um, to just uh, on your beliefs. It, it strips away all the exterior, all the um, pressure things to, to centre just solely on the Word of God. It's like in Papua New Guinea when, you know, you don't have much and you rely on on God for food and and for rain and and you don't have all these other great pleasures that we have yeah. to help us, then, then you know, that way, th- therefore you're relying on God f- 
and that's the, the thing that and in your life that becomes the most important thing and therefore it draws the church together instead yeah. of instead of looking inward sometimes it draws you to look yeah. outward yeah I know a number of years ago I actually had opportunity to move into um, into northern Italy and up there in the Italian Alps there's actually a, a place called the Waldensian Valleys and mm. this was a this was a Christian tour that I that I went on that had a it was a little bit I suppose you'd call it a bit of a pilgrimage and uh, we were talk we were looking at uh, places of uh, historical interest to, uh, uh, to to those of us who came from a, a Christian background and moved into the Waldensian Valleys and up in that particular area there the, the um, uh, this this group the Waldensians for hundreds of years had actually made their home in the valleys. But the significant thing is that that group for many years were persecuted. And I, I remember visiting a, a place called the College of the Barbs. Now, this was college. You sort of imagine it as being a, a big, big institution. But we're talking an in, a, a, a a building that's probably no more than um, a large garage size, but made of stone. And the Waldensian people would train their young people in there. They'd handwrite the scriptures. They'd sew the uh, sew the scriptures into the garments. They'd send their children out to share the faith. Just over a winter, they would just memorize scripture. Send the young people out. One of the things that really stood out to me was that you know our our um, um, our leader uh, shared with us. He said the the average lifespan who went of people who went out from this particular uh, college was three years. If you survived three years of the persecution that was out there, you came back and you were an instructor because you were a person who had a vast experience. Uh, and yet uh, the depth of their um, religious understanding, their prayer life, uh, was something uh, to to apparently behold. If you read their writings, uh, you, you think you see that the depth that was actually involved in the in the life that those people lived. And, you know, Eric, as I as I look at that, I say, hey, you know, uh, communism. It, it it's almost um, we have to have to be those who persecute the Christian church have to be very very careful mm. because what they find what has happened throughout history is that when the church has actually been persecuted, uh, the church itself has grown spiritually, and spiritually is what people are actually looking for. And and people have been attracted to come and join the church. The opposite happens to what uh, was actually expected, and, that, uh, and that's taken place right through the ages. That's happened right through the ages. You know, I think this is uh, Eric. Look, I'm just wondering before we move on, would you like to just pray for those people who are facing persecution at this time, particularly those in China? Mm, sure. Thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come in prayer right now to pray for those, Lord, right round the world who struggle with persecution for the faith. We thank you, Lord, that you've called them to know you. We thank you, Lord, that you're part of their lives. And, Lord, we know that their lives are better because you give them peace and hope and happiness. For those, Lord, that are being persecuted, for those that have thrown into cells, those who are being beaten, and those, Lord, that hide their Bibles away and and, uh, worry about what's going to happen next, we know, Lord, that as they draw their strength from you, that you will indeed bless them. So, Lord, may they understand that we, right around the world, pray for them today, that wherever they are, Lord, that you're with them, you will see them through, and that one day you will come back and gather them to you. So, Lord, we ask that you give them strength and courage, and may they stay close to you. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, let's come to some, some music. This is the Downing family. He leadeth me. Faithful 
was the Downing family. He leadeth me. A beautiful, a beautiful song. Uh, guys, we've just got a, uh, a few offers for you today. Um, Pastor Doug Batchelor. Our offer for you today is Pastor Doug Batchelor, Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil, DVD. Now, this is a fantastic uh, little a little uh, DVD. This is uh, a DVD that will uh, explain to you just in one CD all that we're talking about this week. A Doug Batchelor, Cosmic Conflict, The Origin of Evil DVD. If you would like uh, that DVD, we're happy to send it to you. All you need to do is to text your name, your address, and your phone number, and just put in there Cosmic Conflict. DVD so that we know exactly what offer that you're requesting and text to 0488 880811 that's 0488 880811 just say Cosmic Conflict DVD with your name, your address and your telephone number and we will get that uh, in the post to you uh, immediately. Now, just a few other things that are happening as well. Uh, now, look, if you've got any uh, comments or questions uh, concerning our topic today uh, or our topic this week, uh, then feel free also to text that particular number. That's 0488 880 811 and we'll respond if we can on air if not uh, by uh, return by return text now we've got a couple of programs that are occurring too that you may be interested in um, Monday nights at uh, at my church over there the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church that's Amelia Street the Hove uh, we've got a program entitled Bible Spotlight now that's being run by a wonderful young man this is uh, uh, Caden he's uh, he's actually a professional educator and uh, he's running this uh, this program Program uh, that's called uh, Bible Spotlight. He's talking about issues like: uh, Is the Bible reliable and still uh, relevant? Uh, it, why is the world falling apart? Um, why does God allow pain and suffering? What's the truth about hell? Why so many churches? And the list just goes on. This is this answers so many questions that people are actually asking. If you'd like to come uh, to my church, that's the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, Amelia Street, Hove, uh, then please feel free to come 6.30 on Monday nights. And my, my good mate... Uh, Caden uh, will lead you through uh, this this Bible study. It's called Bible Spotlight. You'll absolutely love it. And then finally, why not come if you're not doing something on a Saturday or Sabbath morning? Why not come uh, this particular week? You know, I'd love to see you there. I'm preaching uh, this uh, this Sabbath at Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church, Amelia Street, Hove, and I'm going to be dealing with the subject that we're talking about this week. I'm going to give you a, a very brief synopsis of everything we've spoken about over five days. A loving God and the problem of suffering. And we're going to be looking at how we can relate to that issue. Why does a loving God who is all-powerful, is he doing nothing? about resolving this issue. I'm going to be preaching on that subject uh, this weekend. That's 11 o'clock on Saturday at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist 
Church, Amelia Street, The Hove. We'd love to see you uh, over there, and I'd love to meet you. Please come and introduce yourself uh, to me. Um, that number once again, if you want uh, want that uh, the Cosmic Conflict DVD, if you'd like more information, if you'd like to make a comment, if you'd like to ask a question, 0488 811 and uh, and we'll get back to you as quickly as possible as we possibly can. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week the subject we're looking at is a loving God and the problem of suffering. And the big question for today is, does Satan really exist? This is part of this really big equation. Uh, It was about uh, five years ago. An article appeared in uh, Psychology Today that addressed the issue of Satan. I was intrigued by what they they actually said. Uh, The article was entitled, The Devil... Seriously? How can people believe in that which is manifestly absurd? There's a church, the article starts, in Harlem that preaches derogatory things about gays and lesbians. One day, after a confrontation, the pastor explained to them that they were full of the devil. They were possessed by demons. Stop the demons now, he he yelled. The article goes on, demons? Really? What? With horns, tails, yellow teeth? Or are they invisible demons? And then it goes on to tell a number of stories. This is what uh, uh, what uh, Psychology Today says back in, uh, this is 2015, this article was written. Presidential candidate Ben Carson, a man who graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology from Yale University and a doctor of medicine from the University of Michelin, uh, Michigan Medical School and who had worked as a leading neurosurgeon at John Hopkins Hospital, publicly declared back in a speech from 2012 his unwillingness to accept the scientific empirical evidence for Darwinian evolution. I personally believe uh, that this theory uh, that Darwin came up with was something that was encouraged by the adversary. This is what the world... This is a well-educated doctor, the article said. The adversary? What is that? In October 2013, Supreme Court Justice Antolin Scalia declared that, yes, he most certainly believes in the existence of Satan. And the evidence for all of this? Question mark, question mark, question mark, uh, said the said the article. Uh, this man, Scalia, mind you, interprets the constitution for the nation, declaring what is legal and illegal for millions of citizens. And then the article carries on. How can people seriously believe in the devil? The year is 2015, not 1315. And yet the fact remains that tens of millions of Americans continue to believe that there is a magical, wicked, evil, oh, and oh so smart being out there doing magical, wicked, evil deeds. According to a 2013 YouGov survey, 57% of Americans believe in the devil. And yes, that's 57% of American adults, not kindergartners. 
Only a completely, the Psychology Today article says, only a completely uninformed, poorly educated mind with little knowledge of things like evidence could believe in the devil. Oh, wait, scratch that. Actually, top neurosurgeons and Supreme Court justices actually believe and millions upon millions of other well-educated, upstanding men and women too. But there is no such thing as the devil, says psychology today, just as there's no such thing as fairies or goblins. The two largest religions in the world, however, Christianity and Islam, teach that there is a devil, but they are wrong. Uh, There is no evidence for such a thing, not a shred. It's simply something that, is germinated for the unscientific, irrational minds of early humans who tried their best to explain why things, why bad things happen to good people, why good people sometimes do bad things, and why there is so much needless suffering in the world. And then the article concludes by saying, there are many joys of being secular, but also some downsides, and one is that you have to live in a world where presidents and judges and professors and doctors, road scholars and engineers, not to mention your neighbours and colleagues, actually believe things that are utterly and completely imaginary. You know, Eric, as I read this article, I thought, wow, this is, this is so, there are many secular people out there would certainly agree, uh, with, uh, with this particular article, but I'm also conscious that there are, uh, many, just as he rightly says, presidents and judges and professors and doctors, road scholars and engineers, and many of our colleagues who believe that a devil is a very real, uh, being. Now, Hey, help us out on this one. How would you respond? Does this being the devil, does it actually, does that being actually exist? Well, Gary, there's a time when I didn't believe there was a devil and, uh, I, uh, you know, I was brought up with, uh, uh, Lucifer, little Lucifer, with the head, little cartoon characters, and used to get the comics. Yeah. Of little Lucifer. There was little Lucifer matches to like. I remember those. Them. I remember those. <laughs> used to use them for our barbecue. <laughs> That's right. Going back a few years now, and, you know, he had, he had horns and a, a pitchfork tail, and, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, he was, that was the way I was brought up. You know, I never really believed there was a devil, though. I, I, uh, before I was a Christian, you, know, you just do things the way you want to do things, and it didn't really matter. Um, that That's what it's like out in the world today. I mean, if you went outside the Christian church and asked people if there was a God or if there was a devil, you know, you'd get a completely a, a different reaction yeah. to the way you and yeah. I think, and that's the way the world is. Um, but it's interesting that a lot of people who do believe that there is a, a devil or an, another name for Satan – they actually believe as there is a symbol of evil, but not actually a living being. Thirty mm. percent believe that there is a symbol of evilness. That Satan is a symbol rather than living, an actual being, than a living identity. Yeah, yes, okay, a yeah, living yeah, yeah. Person. That's the way they they feel about that. Um, and it's interesting that um, what the word Satan actually means. The devil in the word uh, is another word for Satan. Comes from the Greek word diabolosis, which means someone who tells lies to hurt you. And translated in the English word, it means slander to slander you. Uh, in Hebrew, it means troublemaker. Yeah. So these are this is what the character of 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 the devil is like. But you know, now that I understand and read the Bible. 
if you don't believe in the devil, you're, you're calling Jesus a liar because Jesus confronted the devil many times and called him out. So if you That's actually a really important point and a good way of putting it, actually, because certainly you're not just calling Jesus a liar, but certainly as you go through the New Testament particularly, you find that the, uh, the apostles, mm. the prophets, which continually confronted by this this issue of the devil. Yes, and in the New Testament, there's time after time clashes more in the new than the old yeah. of this devil, the great confrontation taking place in earnestness. Um, and there are texts here, because of time, we better use some of these texts, but Acts 10, 36 to 38, gives us the reason why Jesus came and how he confronted the devil. It says there in Acts 10, 36 to 38, it says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So here it's telling us God's purpose was he was going around doing good and healing people that were under the influence of the devil and his sin. Okay. So this is, uh, this is why Jesus was um, sent to this earth so that because now we were captives, we were under this, uh, this his power, that he could come out and he, he was here to set us free. Yeah, and open yeah, okay. up our mind. Yeah, so, yeah. so like me and you and others, he's God has now opened up our mind to see that there is a devil, where this evil is coming from, because people generally in the world don't see that. So, in other words, if if you're actually going to accept the, I suppose, the biblical worldview, I mean, there are many supernatural things that are actually in the the Christian in the scriptures in, in in the Bible you know we have miracles are spoken about we've we've got a resurrection we've got a virgin birth uh, we've got uh, a predictive prophecy you know you've got this entire list of supernatural things and of course one of the you have creation you have the existence of a devil and this whole whole package, I look at it and I say, hey, there is something about the Bible that's actually called a biblical worldview. And how does a biblical worldview actually, and I know I'm taking over your spot at the moment, but you know, how does a biblical worldview actually differ from the secular world, world, world view? Well, it, significantly to me, Eric, what we've actually got is um, within the scriptures, a biblical worldview includes the supernatural. Now, you know, uh, to me continually uh, within the scriptures, there are things like miracles. There are answers to prayer. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, to me, people people have have sometimes said to me, you know, hey, uh, how can you possibly have a have a devil because we don't actually see him? Hang on a moment. The whole scripture is actually predicated on a worldview that is different from the secular worldview. But you know, the very moment you say, "Hey, I believe in." For example, miracles, mm. or I believe in the virgin birth, or I believe in the resurrection. To then say something like, I don't believe in some other supernatural element, mm. is actually uh, logically uh, 
inadequate. And, uh, you know, to me, this is a, this we, we call this the biblical worldview. And Satan, the existence of Satan is part of this biblical worldview. As Richard Dawkins rightly points out, mm. you can actually have, have the whole thing or you actually have to throw it all out. You know, do we have a supernatural God mm. and are there other supernatural beings or is there not? Well, you know, when there's evil in the world, where does it come from? I mean, you know, this is the whole point. Uh, people in the world, they, they see and feel evil and they are disgusted by it. Yeah. But they, they just think it's part of human life. That's, that's, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. But we, we have had our eyes open. Even Billy Graham wrote the famous. Share with us. Billy Graham. He said, don't think of Satan as a harmless cartoon character with a red suit and a pitchfork. He is very clever and powerful. And his unchanging purpose is to defeat God's plan at every turn, including his plans for your life. So mm-hmm. he recognized him in this way. You know, what interested me is uh, I studied uh, this this week was uh, uh, you could see a course of action here of how the devil enters somebody. At, uh, if you look at John 6, 17 to 71 with Jesus speaking, talking to disciples, he said, did I not choose you, the 12, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. And then you look and take that back a little step. It says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And then you go a step back again to Luke 22. And then it says, now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. So here we see actually the devil entering yeah. Judas, it says here, causing this evilness which the world does not see. That's that's something really, really significant. But, I mean, some mm. might say that, hey, you're taking that very literally. Mm. I mean, uh, I mean I, I'm so conscious that certainly in the, the secular culture of the, uh, of the first world here, we don't actually see this um, – a great, a great deal, mm. but you know, I'm really conscious of some of the some of the cultures that are uh, third world countries actually do actually see this mm. in a physical manner. Have you are you aware of that at all? Oh yes, uh, <clears throat> um, particularly with the Aboriginal people, they see the devil. Uh, uh, they they speak to me often of the devil in their homes, and they hear movements and and feel his presence in their actual homes. And, yeah. And they're very attuned to this evilness and they feel like a coldness to come into the home. And, yeah. and I've had confrontations when one time when I was studying with somebody and, um, I, we were going to his place to do the study and, um, I was driving down the road and, um, I couldn't, I could, I couldn't even hold hold of the steering wheel. I thought I had a punch and I got out and there was nothing there and there was a coldness in the car. The presence of, of evil was there, you know. Mm, mm. So it is very much there. Um, and the devil, if you take all the texts that the Bible talks about the devil here, if people say, even a lot of Christians today, 20 to 30 percent of people that live in the Christian world don't believe there's a devil. 
Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. which to me is amazing because if you don't um, take the words of God literally, then you're you're denying what God is saying about yeah, the devil. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, to me from my experience. It's certainly only in the in the first world that you actually get this debate about is there a is there a very real. Um, uh, devil. When I, I've spoken certainly to to, certain, to a number of my mates who are uh, who have done mission work and uh, spent time in ministering in places like, for example, Papua New Guinea, mm. um, I'm just so conscious that um, up there, if if you say if you ask the question, is the devil a real being? Mm. They will actually laugh at you mm. for even asking the question, mm. because those individuals actually know uh, they have the they've experienced the witch doctor uh, mm. up there, and they've had experiences. But certainly um, here in the here in the secular West uh, is uh, certainly not as obvious, but certainly in some of these third world countries, uh, this has become very real. And certainly in talking to those who have served in in mission type. Uh, uh, activities. Uh, I'm just so conscious that uh, uh, there are stories there, and that they've certainly shared. That certainly say, "Hey, uh, this is this is an incredibly powerful and real being that we're actually dealing with." That's right, and and the Bible warns about having a clear mind to yeah. be able to recognise yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, First Peter five eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may be de- mm. he may devour." So it's talking mm. to you about having a clear mind, staying away from the drink, things that cloud the mind, so that you're not thinking straight and you're led by the devil into all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really important. What you're actually what you're actually sharing there. Anything else in the scriptures from uh, from your study? There is. I, I was interested to read about the. Um, the episode with the pigs, you know, when uh, Satan, um, uh, when uh, Jesus confronted the demonic man, and uh, and uh, he he had the, um, you know, the uh, spirits, evil spirits in him. Uh, the Bible calls them um, a legion, which is six thousand. Um, a legion is in the Roman army can be six thousand men, and uh, and Jesus called them, called the demon out of them. And sent them into these pigs, and they went over the cliff. So that is many spirits. So, so um, we not only have a devil, but we also have his army, his angels that came down with him, are working on his behalf as well. Yeah. So yeah. this is what is creating so much evil around the world, you know. Um, but Jesus came to free us all from that. In Luke thirteen sixteen, it says, "Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years?" be set free on the Sabbath day. So she had an affliction, and here she was bound up. And it's now talking, Jesus is talking about Satan, using him again and saying, look, this is this is the reason for your illness, you know. And so we we move now from a, uh, an aspect of the world into, into just having evil as a norm to understanding where evil comes from. Mm, and that is mm. so important to, yeah. to to make the drawing the line and saying, well, we know. So in other words, what the scripture is actually saying is that just as there is a, a supernatural power, um, God, God, the, God the Father, God the Son, who created this entire world, uh, there's also a, another evil power that appears to be existent, certainly from the scripture, teaching of scripture, that appears to be existent in this world. That's right. That's and if you don't have 
uh, a reason for where this evilness comes from. A lot of people just blame God for the things that happened, you know. Even though they don't believe in him, they still blame God for the, the bad things that happened to them. And what happens is is the devil is very cunning. He tries to do things in and creating the miracles that you were saying, creating things as an opposition to God, as a counterfeit, so people are taken away from what the purpose of what God came for, to set them free. He wants them trapped in sin. Uh, he wants to, them to lie to each other and to bring families down. And I know that within the Aboriginal group, that when um, when things happen like uh, addictions and things, there is so much bitterness and sadness caused by mm, that. Mm. And this is where the devil uh, is really breaking down uh, the families into uh, arguing against each other that they lose their faith so much in God yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, what the next question often is, is, okay, w- did God create a devil? And of course, that's the question we're actually going to be dealing with tomorrow in tomorrow's program. Where did this other force actually come from? But look, Eric, yeah. look, let's just have a break there. Let's come to sure. some, some music. Uh, this is uh, El Shaddai. This is uh, Michael Card. Uh, this is a really a beautiful song. Please. Enjoy. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Erechim Kana Adonai We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. And by the power of your hand, turn the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might You set your children free El Shaddai El Shaddai El Elyonah Adonai Age to age Messiah ought to be Though your word contained the plan They just could not understand That your most awesome work was done Through the frailty of your son El Shaddai 
sing by the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Erakam Kana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Michael Card, uh, El Shaddai, fantastic uh, song. Don't forget our free offer uh, for today, uh, Pastor Doug Batchelor. This is the Cosmic Conflict, the Origin of Evil DVD. Love uh, this DVD, absolutely fantastic. He's a, a marvelous preacher. Cosmic Conflict, the Origin of Evil DVD. It brings together all we're talking about this entire week onto just one DVD. If you'd like that DVD, just text your name, your address and your phone number with Cosmic Conflict DVD so that we know the offer that you're wanting to 0488 880811. That number again, 0488 880811. Uh, also, if you've got any comments or thoughts or questions that we could answer on tomorrow's program, uh, please send your uh, comments or questions to that same phone number and we can refer to those tomorrow. That's 0488 880811 if you'd like that CD or if you'd like to make a comment or have a question. Don't forget also uh, this particular weekend, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, I'm going to be preaching at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, Amelia Street, The Hove, right here in beautiful Adelaide, and I'm going to be dealing with this entire question, a loving God and the problem of suffering. How do we explain it? And I'm dealing with that for a full uh, 30 to 40 minutes. You'll really love that. That's a full audio-visual program. Love to have you. Come and join us at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, Amelia Street, uh, The Hove. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Horan. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at a loving God and the problem of suffering. And the big question for today is, does Satan really exist? Let's just come to a... Let's apply this. We're starting to run out of time, Eric. How, how did Christ, you mentioned that at the very beginning that if you deny Satan, you're actually denying one of the core beliefs and teachings of Jesus Christ. How did Christ uh, respond to Satan when he was on earth? Well, when he was tempted in Matthew 4, he gave three responses. Three times he replied to Satan when he was tempted, and it is for us to take notice of what he said. In Matthew 4, it says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then when he was tempted by Satan again, he says, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
Again, the devil tried to tempt him again, and Jesus replied, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So we've got to understand that God is more powerful, and God confronted the devil, and he, he just stood strong on his father's word. I, I love James 4. This uh-huh. is what we should take away with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James 4, 7 to 10. It says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So what he's saying here is submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil. Stay strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will bring you greater happiness than all this other stuff that we think brings us happiness because the world thinks that what they're doing is bringing them joy and peace and gaining more and having more money, all that. It doesn't bring the everlasting life. Mm. But Jesus says, come, resist what the devil is trying to do. Purify your character. Yeah, and come yeah. close to him. That's what Jesus did. He kept his character pure. He resisted the devil. He did not stray from uh, his heart was in tune with the Father. Yeah. And so therefore he was strong in what he believed and what he stayed with. He never deterred away from the path. Mm. And we are the same. Yeah. Eric, you know, I find that really, really important what you've just said. You know, for my own personal uh, daily devotional life in the last uh, – of the last uh, – Few few months. I've actually been reading through a, a couple of books. It's actually to do with the, the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, the way the Holy Spirit works on the heart and the mind uh, of the of the individual. And there's one particular book that I really came to to love. And uh, this particular author said, "Look, there was within Scripture there seems to be uh, those who have been walking with God have continually claimed the promises." Of Christ, and in claiming the promises of Christ, in fact, this person actually said, uh, "This seems to be one of those hidden secrets that many Christians don't know about. That within the Word of God, there is a bucket load." of these amazing promises that are actually sitting there for us to claim. And when you claim those promises, they are promises that a father has given to their sons and their daughters, and he wants to fulfill those those promises. And, you know, if in fact a person is filled with the, the Holy Spirit... And certainly, I mean, the scripture encourages us to, to pray that God himself will, 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 that we will have the same mind as Jesus Christ. You know, Philippians chapter two talks about, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And the scriptures are encouraging us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, where the Holy Spirit is, mm. do you know what's not there? Mm. We don't have any evil influence we don't have the devil doesn't have access when the holy spirit is actually present you know the thing that really jumps out at me is that what we actually have in those passages that you read from matthew chapter 4 christ is actually claiming a promises and he's quoting them back to Satan, Satan is actually a real being. Mm. Uh, he comes to, uh, to to Christ. He tempts him, but Christ is able to 
come back and say, no, that's not what the Word of God actually says, and is therefore able to gain a wonderful victory. Do you know, to me, I look at this today and I say, hey, I just wonder, you know, the world in which we're living, is there more happening behind the scenes Mm. than what we actually realize? That's right, you know, and I think... What you're saying is true. Let the Holy Spirit come into our lives to, to keep us strong. But I think, as I think back to the beginning to the Chinese church, is that because they had to go through an experience that drew them together, so we must also not just read the word, but have the living word in our hearts. Exactly. That we experience that so we can stand strong against the devil, yeah. not only by reading it, but by our actions. Yeah. Eric, let's come to some prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you your word. I want to say thank you for sending Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with any of our listeners right now who might be struggling in some area. Lord, I pray that you might touch them, that you might give them healing. Lord, if they raise their hand right now, I just pray that you might heal them powerfully. Lord, I pray that indeed the mind of Jesus Christ might be in them. Lord, that indeed they will be healed of any affliction which they have. Lord, these things we ask and we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when I share with Pastor David Butcher and we ask, did God create a Satan? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.